Hey everybody, this is Roy Bandari with TalkCondo.com and today we are joined by the one and only Jason Lamb, uh, VP Sales and Marketing of Center Court Developments. Uh, and today we're here to introduce prime condominiums uh, at Jarvis and Dundas. So Again. For the second this time. This is the second time we've <laughs> shot this in two and a half years. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that when <laughs> okay, we get to prime. Right. Um, Jason, first of all, thanks uh, for your time. Um, we know it's a crazy time right now in the market. I, I want to start, before we talk about prime, um, a few months ago, uh, around November, December, when the market was not quite as hot as it is today, right. uh, you looked at all of us and said a pretty bold statement that has sort of rippled through the market. But you said uh, 2021 would be the year of the condo. Yeah. You said it very confidently. You had a lot of stats to back that up. Uh, so I want you to go through, as we sort of are now in 2021, and we are seeing sort of this play out in real time, and we're seeing condo launches sell out again like they were uh, a year ago. So talk to us a, a little bit about um, how you came to that conclusion and, and, and where we're at now. Uh, and, and, okay, well, I thank you for your time. Thank you for everyone tuning in. Uh, we did. We were very confident in saying that 2021 was a year of condo. And it wasn't one of those things where it was rocket science. It was quite clear. Uh, and, and I think a part of that is our bullish nature to look at the real estate market as a whole. Market drivers in terms of uh, limited supply, massive immigration numbers, limited infrastructure when it comes to public transportation for the downtown core, employment, I, you know, there's just a lot of reasons, low interest rates, uh, but it, it doesn't start with condos, right? It's, it's such a ripple effect, as you mentioned. And I'm going to talk about a theme about seeing it happens before it happens in relation to Prime in particular, yeah. so remind me about that. But the first is that, you know, the price of low rise, and again, I'm sure a lot of you are kind of beating a dead horse here, but the price of low rise was just skyrocketing, you know, even more aggressively so than 2017 with no regulations, right? Lower yeah. interest rates, more buying power, people are spending less, yeah. right? They're working from home. Uh, and, uh, and so you start to see this massive appreciation month over month, day over day, hour over hour across a GTA, not centralized to just downtown Toronto. It was going, it was far reaching uh, through uh, GTA and, and beyond. And so when the prices outside of the GTA really pick up, really get expensive and almost catch up to the downtown core, the writing's on the wall, right? Uh, it, it, makes, it, it makes Toronto as a whole look like value. Yeah. And it, it goes back and forth, back and forth across all the low-rise markets um, and where condos in the resale market were kind of static. And, and I think it all comes down to the fundamentals of buying real estate is at some point people are priced out. Yeah. And what happens when they get priced out? They look at the alternative option. And then suddenly it's like, oh, you know, downtown's really cool. Like, why did I forget yeah. all the merits of downtown living or condo living, forget about downtown living, as the most affordable asset? It's, it's very low maintenance, yeah. right? Uh, and, and it fits my profile. So uh, the writing was on the wall that prices didn't look like they were going anywhere in terms of low rise. They were only going to go up, which meant that the condominium sector was going to draft off of that. And that's not just sort of figuring that over, overnight. I think you saw, you've seen that over the course of our last 10, 20 years yeah. of how the market behaves. We always so, talk about this idea of the pendulum swinging, yes. right? So low rise goes up while condo is flat, and then that will go flat, and then condos will go Correct. up. So we see this pendulum swinging. Um, we've seen the pendulum on yeah. the low rise, so it's only natural to believe that that pendulum is going to swing back um, to condo and we're seeing it play out in real time. And people's nature is, is to be a lot more conservative. So even though that data is there yeah. and the logical answer is, 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 is what we're seeing today, um, they're still going to second guess it and the media doesn't help. 
because uh, we've been in a bubble for the last you know 15 years, uh, and uh, and so you know going back to the year of the condo, coming out the gate as you mentioned, yeah. you know there's been so much pent up demand. You got to remember uh, yeah. we had you know three or four really solid months, you know from April to to, to December where things were sort of picking back up. We launched 199 Church. Uh, in in July, and there was a host of launches, and then it kind of died off again. Yeah. So there's a bunch of people making money. There's a bunch of people wanting to deploy capital. They're seeing, they're looking at inflation. They're looking at maybe some demonetization. Uh, you know, so they're like, ooh, like, I should buy a hard asset. Yeah, that idea that um, the 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 value of cash is is decreasing. Yes. So owning asset. It... And those people aren't thinking, I want to go buy a detached home. Yeah. They're a completely different market from the guys that want to buy a townhouse, semi-detached, detached home to live. That's a completely different equation. That's a different motivation. That's a different ball game altogether, right? You've got a much larger demographic of individ individuals that have disposable income, don't know what to do with it, and are looking at the real estate market as a place to, you know, to, 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 to invest their capital. And, uh, and I think coming into 2021, sorry, I know this is running long, but what, it, what happened, right? You saw a host of launches come and absorption and yes. people's excitement. Uh, and, and the media is starting to, again, starting to play the right narrative, which is, wow, the market's actually far more robust than they were projecting. Um, and it was always better than what they were thinking it was going to be throughout the entire pandemic. And now you're seeing it firsthand. You're seeing month over month, you know, resale, condominium uh, appreciation. You're seeing yeah. uh, rental numbers pick up slowly but surely. A volume of rentals are picking up. I, I, I can't tell you how many people that I've spoke to, realtors such as yourself, that are saying, I just rented to someone that just landed in the country a week ago yeah. in the downtown core. And they d wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Like, they don't know where else to go. They're, what are they prioritizing? Public transportation, yeah. uh, close to work, close to amenities, close to lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. You know, so again, a, a lot of the writing was already on the wall. The information was already there, and we were just there to bring it to light. And, and I think you were really just starting to scratch the surface on the year of the condo. Yeah, I, I completely agree. We wake up daily and look at resales in the condominium market, and every day we're blown away by by some new record that's been set um month over month growth we're seeing within the same building the same unit selling last month and selling this month uh, on a few different floors and, and the price growths are incredible we mm -hmm. we just saw a, a one bedroom in king west sell for over a million dollars um so you know these things uh, blow us away right now every single day and like they said i think we're just scratching the surface um months of inventory is way down uh, multiple offers are way up um, so we're seeing people come back into the city in a, in a big way. Uh, and like I said, like you said, I think it's only up from here. Uh, one other quick thing I wanted to very quickly touch on is Centicore were in a very, very unique situation in that um, you guys launched a condominium just before uh, the yeah. pandemic began. 55 Mercer. You launched one sort of in the middle of the pandemic. 199 Church. And then you launched one sort of just as at the end as, as we're coming out with the vaccines and we've been able to sort of track in real time the heat of the market based yeah. on how quickly a center court project picks a, uh, is selling out so why don't you give us a quick overview of that because i think it's a really interesting uh, yeah interesting take. so i think they declared uh COVID as a global pandemic from the world health organization i want to say it was march 15th yeah it was that march 11th march 15th. so we launched 55 mercer uh, right beside nobu the old gretzky site in february of 2020 uh, yep. We were 
the market at the time was absolutely lights out. It was white hot, very reminiscent of 2017. And without, if there was no COVID, I probably, I was sort of on the verge of predicting they're going to create more, uh, you know, more bylaws, more, more policies to shut us down because it was getting so out of control. So it's funny that it still kind of happened despite the global pandemic, especially in the low-rise market. But we sold out a building of 543 units within, I would say, less than 10 days. Yeah. Uh, and that was just, just, just unprecedented demand. And I think downtown, the story of tech, the story of employment, the story of convenience. Again, a lot of the themes that we talk about today uh, you know, in terms of downtown locations, they really you know, struck a chord. Uh, and like we had way more demand than supply. Uh, six months later, uh, or, or four or five months later, we launched 199 Church. Um, a couple of sites sort of led the way and gave us some good indication that there was enough depth. And remember, there's months and months of inactivity, months yeah. and months of uh, no supply, and months and months of people you know, saving cash yeah. uh, because they're not able to travel or, 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 or go out for dinner or anything like that. But they were thinking longer term. A lot of people were now concerned and thinking, I got to i got to create a nest egg in some way or diversify. Uh, we launched 199 Church. Within about 30 days, we were 70 75% sold. So f effectively, within 30 days, we were in a very comfortable position. But as you know, at Center Court, yeah. always continuing trying to you know, push to the very last unit. Um, and, and we're actually fully sold out now. Um, and that took us 30 days. Lo and behold, six months later, uh, six, seven months later, we're, we're in you know, January, February, kind of fooling the market out. And you know, we release eight Wellesley, 600 units. Yeah. Um, and I think to end anyone's expectation is that we knew we were going to do well. But I think at that extent and that much demand and that much energy, um, you know, really blew the entire market away. It, it led to a lot of developers to push their launches forward. It led yeah. a lot of people to come to market without marketing uh, because there was just such a clear indicator that the market was maybe not back, but really, really strong. Because it's hard to say what back means. Yeah. Uh, and um, and so you know, 55 Mercer sold out in 10 days. Uh, you know, 199 Church substantially sold in 30, and 8 Wellesley sold out in less than 10 days. More unit counts, more expensive product. Uh, I think that tells you yeah. that the market for for downtown product is far more far more has far greater depth than a lot of people are speculating or or even think. Awesome. So, 2021 year of the condo. Um, based on what we've seen so far, that looks like a very, very accurate prediction. And, and I think we'll remember December 2020 when you said that for a long time. <laughs> I hope so. And, and I think it's, it's not about being right. It's about, um, it's about sharing the information that leads to this analysis and to that conclusion. And we can all take and be, use it to our advantage, right? Awesome. So let's uh, shift to East Downtown. Yeah. Um, this is the location of Prime Condos. Yes. Uh, you joke that this is the second time we've uh, we've sat here. Uh, Prime Condos has been uh, probably the most marketed project in the history of Toronto. Because Longest running marketing campaign, marketing campaign in the history. Um, the initial launch was three years ago, but because of uh, city delays, yeah. um, the Centre Court don't launch a project without full approval. And I think that speaks to um, the, the builder as well. Right. Um, we are launching now uh, in the next few weeks. Yes, we are. Um, and it's another neighborhood that number one center court are very familiar with yeah. uh, a lot of product in this in this neighborhood uh, it's a neighborhood that center court are very bullish on uh, a lot of reasons to be bullish and we're going to talk about those reasons um and just the building as a whole it's, it's a stunning building yeah. um, so i want us to talk about downtown east at yeah. the beginning um we've talked about this idea of following the smart money 
Yeah. So give us a rundown on what that means and why you believe the smart money is on East Toronto. Well, there's two East parts. The, there's two parts. The first is the natural inclination of you know, Young Street, the center of Toronto, and it drives public transportation, retail, a lot of employment institutions. You know, people gravitate towards Young. So when you look sort of west of Young, you've got these monster players, right? You've got uh, Bay Street University, Spadina, um, you know, and a lot of institutions are tied to that and expensive real estate as a whole. Uh, and then so in the same fashion, when you look east, um, there is a, there's a discount there. Yeah. Um, but the growth potential is is almost like it has been barely scratched. Um, and so that's that's where you're sort of following the smart money is how many developers have gone east of Young? The who's who of developer yeah. royalty are developing, want to develop or have already developed on Church, on Jarvis, on Sherborne, uh, yeah. you know, in, in, in Regent Park. So it's natural, like, you know, they are not they're smart and <laughs> they've got money. You're following that smart money. Um, and, and so there's that first step. The second step is because of all these developments that are underway, the social condos that we sold together uh, yeah. in 2017, um, the, you know, is and, and there's a number of developers that have developed the East, uh, including ourselves, they're paving the way for the transformation of when a prime finishes. Right, they're setting the right footing. They're putting together the right environment of density, which is going to change what retail, lifestyle, employment opportunities. You're seeing the the financial district go east because they've got nowhere else to go. Um, so the growth in the east is one of those things where, and this is what I was saying earlier. Remind me is you can be one of two people. You can be the person that drives by five years later and says, "Wow, I, I didn't see this coming. How did this happen?" Or you can be someone that understands all of everything we're saying and say, I saw that coming. I'm going to capitalize on that because there's no other answer. Yeah. You can be the person that's watching and just kind of holding up, you know, or you can be the guy that understands that. And we've seen it time and time and time again, Transit City 1, 2, 3, and then yeah. it ballooned into all these other developments. And you can look at Regent Park, the first building that they launch, and they tell you there's going to be 20 more buildings. And then the person says, you know, five years later, it's like, oh, I can't believe this happened. Like, how did this, <laughs> how did this happen? So, again, for the yeah. viewers that are watching, don't sit on the sidelines. We're here to tell you exactly what's going to happen. You can capitalize on that, or you can just continue to just wait it out and act surprised every five years. I love it. Um, another thing that is the infrastructure that's growing on the east side. We know about the Ontario line. Mm -hmm. is now proposed. Um, Big point. So... Jarvis and Dundas. Yep. Um, you're going to be a block. Block to the south will be the Ontario line. Yes. Block to the west will be the Young Long line. Mm -hmm. So you're in a really great location for transit. You're very serviced by transit. That's right. Um, you're close to the financial district. Very uh, much so. Uh, Bay and Adelaide, Jarvis and Dundas. Uh, it's a it's a walk to the financial district. Yes. So it's a fantastic location, and we talk about these institutions that are surrounding the site. Um, none bigger than Ryerson University, which is the biggest. Yep. Uh, we love talking about Ryerson because. They've transformed over the, over the years, right? They've really evolved. They've really taken themselves from a rye high to a massive institution yeah. that I think they have the highest enrollment rate uh, in Canada. Uh, and and they grow, they're growing at such a rapid rate from a student population perspective. So they're very well respected and they're actually adapting. Like they're, they're such big parts of the tech world, right? The, the digital media zone is the number one uh, backed business incubator in the world. It, it's the place to be to find the next Google, Samsung, Apple. They get so much funding, and, and the amount of uh, you know the amount of 
um, you know, it's just so world renowned, the prestige that's associated with it. You know, it, it's natural that Toronto's experiencing that tech boom you know, over and over again. Uh, and, and the funny thing is, in, in a pandemic, you know, tech is, is, is everything, yeah. really, in, in, for the most part. But it's the student population, it's the insurance policy, it's the fact that from day one of closing, you've got access to over 40,000 uh, highly qualified students where their parents pay their rent, their pay, parents pay their tuition, um, and it's constantly regenerating. And you know, we talk about public, tra public transportation as such a big part, but the beauty is that, you know, if you really boil it down, the fact is, you don't even need it, right? Like that's that's how that's yeah. how kooky it is. It's that yeah, you can jump on the subway and go kind of anywhere in the city uh, within a ten minute walk. But the beauty is that you can just kind of walk to you know you know in certain communities that's all you've got. I'm gonna jump on the subway and then I gotta go to work. In this environment, you can walk to work, you can walk to school, you can walk to Young Street, you can walk to, and pretty much within 15 minutes, you can walk it, you know, anywhere in the heart of the downtown core. So it's, it's just one of those, you know, it's just checks off all the boxes and the location itself is, is just, it's on such a massive growth trajectory that, um, that, you know, if you see it, it's just, it couldn't be more obvious. So let's talk about prime condominiums, uh, located at Jarvis and Dundas. Uh, give us sort of the, uh, the, the bird's eye view on, on what to expect with Prime. Uh, Prime is, is, uh, is 319 or 321 Jarvis, uh, uh, and it's just north of Jarvis and Dundas, literally just north of Grid Condos. So we're not, yeah. you know, we're, we're very familiar with the area. It's actually a sixth building in the east downtown core. So again, that's one of the reasons we, we, we keep going back because we understand the value. We keep going back because we see the vision. Uh, and we keep going back because we want to continue to be part, be a part of, of the growth and, and the change and the revitalization of this community. And, and it's, it's growing at such a rapid rate. But, uh, you know, where we've got uh, Prime is, is uh, it's a 45-story building. We've got 595 suites, so it's a big building. But, you know, I think you saw them yourselves. The floor plans are, and I hate to be just someone the that always says The floor plans are really, it, really good. They're really they're good. They're really, really good. They're, you know. They're almost too efficient. They're almost too efficient. If you're an investor, this is, this is the product. First-time investors, seasoned investors, this is the place to be. This is the product to buy in today's current environment. Because of the efficiency, like you don't bang out buildings like this, right? The next building is going to be bigger product, you know, naturally, because this is just an anomaly. But you'll never see end pricing like this, right? Yeah, that was going to be my next point. The, the end pricing here is remarkable. Yeah. So give us the studio one bet. Like just, just it's going to be deadly. Uh, you know, our studios are going to be in the sort of the mid to high 400,000s. Our junior one bedroom is going to be in the, you know, call it the mid fives. Uh, our one bedrooms are in the sixes. So, you know, I, let's just say mid sixes to be, um, you know, because it's center court. Uh, uh, mid, <laughs> mid sixes for, for one bedroom product. The one plus dens, there's a variety of one plus dens uh, with one bathroom and two bathrooms. You know, we're seeing that shift into the two bathroom yep. world. But it's funny, we're seeing a lot, like people coming back to that sort of, you know, one plus den, one bath. Uh, roommate, you know, with your girlfriend or your boyfriend, like, you know, like, you don't need two bathrooms in every situation. You want to maximize the floor plans. Uh, and those will be in the sevens. And then our corner two bedrooms uh, will be in the sevens and the eights. So, Which is amazing. Like, most of the product basically is within that 800,000. Sub. Like, I think our average price is 699. And, and, uh, which is, again. Which yeah. is, which, like, I think the average price of most 905 sites are 699, 650. Um, so if you can buy something downtown for the same price, you're going to get smaller spaces. But think about who's going to rent. Think yeah. about the long-term 
you know, effects of, of, of how it's going to perform on resale. Like we just talked about before we started this is we probably banged off 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 905 launches. Zero, 416. Yeah. You're, it's going to be a, a, a continuing trend. Just to sort of hammer on that, what, um, what you're basically saying is over the last 12 months, we've been starved of downtown condominium launches. And just as a knock-on effect of that, on it, what we're seeing in, in the real world is um, now that eight Wellesley is sold out, um, a lot of our buyers are saying, what else is there downtown? And right. we look around on the pre-construction market, there's not very much to, to choose, pick and choose from. Where there's, a, there's a handful of sites with a little bit of inventory, uh, but it is pretty slim pickings out there for, for a good downtown downtown launch so what you're saying is we've seen a lot of launches in the outsides yeah but we are starved for launches in in the in the core so yeah and not just that you're seeing you know really great healthy strong price appreciation mm -hmm. on the outside and so when you're hitting these numbers you know i think when you look at downtown you're like well you know they're not very far off where would i rather be where is my potential um and so i think you're seeing that value yeah. take place in the core um, and, uh, and you're right, there's not much product. And, and for many years, you're going to see tons of 905. Master plan after master plan after yeah. mega project after you know, 905. You know, uh, but you're going to see fewer and fewer 416 naturally just because yeah. it's so much more challenging. Like Prime, we were supposed to launch two years ago. We had to go through the, the zoning process. You know, these take years. You mm -hmm. know, this will be year four. Then we've got to build for three years. So seven years just to bring this idea to life, right? So these these don't happen overnight. Awesome. Again, you mentioned it's fully approved. Um, I want to really emphasize that it's yep. more important than ever to be buying a fully approved site. Uh, and I think it's again, it speaks to Center Court that we could have launched this years ago. We with, could have. And um, many developers will launch, would have launched in that situation and got the approvals later. Uh, it's quite normal. But yeah. Center Court will only bring uh, fully approved proof sites uh, yes. to the market, which, yeah. which is really, really important. Again, I uh, cannot emphasize how much that speaks to Centercourt as a builder. Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of the things I want to talk about with Prime is, number one is the views. Um, it's in a really unique vantage point, and the views pretty much all the way around are pretty spectacular. Very much so. Uh, um, we've got some view shots, which we'll, we'll, we'll overlay on the video, mm -hmm. um, but north towards Yorkville and towards... Just the, just sprawling wide, wide open to the east wide open i think there's no view at any point that's you know blocked and and i think that sort of speaks to um you know a being downtown and, and having those those spectacular views are, are highly coveted yeah like when we go through these sales launches it's people are just so emotional about it and, and it's there's such a so much value in it but you're going to be able to see the water you're going to see the downtown court you're going to see yorkville north you're going to see yeah. Uh, you can see Scarborough. You can literally see as far as your eye can 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 hit. So awesome. Yeah. Um, amenities. Amenities are great. I think again. I think the floor plans, the location of the amenities, all tie together to the general demographic, which is uh, young professionals that yeah. are, you know, just really have no time, um, and and the students, uh, Ryerson. Um, and and uh, and a lot of parents that are buying for their kids to live downtown, uh, that are sort of ballparking that today. So. Um, the amenities are perfect. They're, we've got. We always believe in maximizing our spaces. You know, instead of doing these small, kitschy little amenities of a music room that two people are going to use, and uh, you know, and and you know, so for us, it's prioritized who's going to live there and what's important. So we've got a 6,500 square foot gym. 
Yep. So again, we're always like, you know, our style is massive gyms, massive co-working spaces uh, and entertainment areas, and a really elegant, high-class, um, you know, dynamic lobby. Yeah, always. I think one of the things I would point out with Centre Court is that, that demographic that you mentioned, the young professional who has no time, um, you guys have built for this demographic so, so many times. Yes. Uh, index, grid, uh, access. So there's so many buildings that you guys have built for this demographic. Yeah. Um, number one, uh, why is that important? Number one is uh, we know what they want. Um, you've seen it, you've seen it in real time, you've, you've been able to adjust based on what gets used and what doesn't. Uh, so we can focus on the items that you know, really get used and really make sure that they're top, top class. Uh, number two is that um, we see how these perform in, in, the, in the resale market and the rental market. Uh, we see high resale values on these buildings. We see Absolutely. high rental rates on these buildings. Yeah. So when we're, um, when we're so used to working with that demographic, we know what they want. We can keep building to that. Uh, so I think that's an, an important point to note. Yeah, and it's such a big pool. Like yeah. you really can't even satisfy Ryerson. You couldn't satisfy the young professionals in the city that are looking for efficiencies. But the one thing you said that, that really resonated with me, and it's very true, is that generally speaking, center court buildings perform really yes. well. Yes, once they, they settle in, because we go final closing in one day, uh, once they settle in, they they kill it on price per square foot, rental per square foot. Yeah. Uh, it's the efficiencies of the product that really um, set it apart. For sure. <clears throat> I'm going to try and wrap this up. What did we uh, wrap up everything we talked about? So we started by talking about how you predicted uh, that 2021 would be the year of the condo. Um, so far, so you, far looking so good. So far looking good. Um, we talked about um, this idea that uh, we are the marketplace is now seeing demand levels that are similar to pre-pandemic time, yes. uh, especially in the downtown core. Uh, we're seeing a real thirst for, for, for condominiums again. Um, we talked about this location, uh, Jarvis and Dundas being um, following the smart money. We've yes. got a, uh, an incredible amount of infrastructure around us. Uh, some amazing institutions like Rice and University is one yeah. of our favorite ones we like to talk about, but there's so much, so much more. So much more. Um, we talked about prime condos, um, <clears throat> 45 story building with some of the best floor plans you'll see in any building downtown. Absolutely. Um, amazing amenities that really speak to this demographic um, and views all the way around. So Fully zoned. Fully zoned. Um, is there anything I missed about Look, prime condos? I, I think it's it, uh, maybe the last thing is developer brand, right? I think developer when, brand, of when course. you're aligned, there's a lot of noise out there. There's a number of developers out there um, and some great ones for sure. Uh, but when you are going to be investing in something, if you're going to park your hard-earned money with a developer, track record is paramount. Ability to execute, the ability to identify. And it's not even just building a building. It's what are we building? What kind of floor plans are we building? What is the, you know, who's the audience we're catering to? What are the areas that we like to pick and choose? Uh, we're very selective. Um, and, you know, when you align with us, um, you know, from yourself to your purchasers, you know, I, I want to believe in, and I do believe that we put together a great product that speaks to uh, our purchasers and what they want, you know, and to great outcomes, and most mostly. So I think the Center Court brand really does go a long way, and it's going to continue to grow. We're going to continue to improve, uh, and we're only going to get better. I believe it. Uh, Center Court, obviously, in the last ten years, have been one of the most dominant new condo developers. Um, we've been big supporters of Center Court um, yeah. for, for for many many years, and, and we cannot recommend Center Court enough. So. Uh, Jason, thank you very, very much for your time. If our clients are interested in investing in prime condominiums, uh, what are they got to do? They're going to call Roy Bandari and Amit Bandari uh, from Talk Condos, and you're going to talk condos with Talk Condo. Awesome. Thank you very <laughs> much, Jason. <laughs>